That theme song you just heard was Will Smith. It was Will Smith. Yeah, it was Will Smith right there. Boom. He's back. I don't know. Back in black? Sure. Three and a half year absence. Um should we just talk about that right off the bat or Men in Black Three. Yeah, it's out now. I guess. New movie. Super good. Um I don't know about super good, but it was good. That was a good movie. You, re- you, but you're allowed to believe it was super good. That's fine. We'll 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 discuss it at length. I just want to say I just saw the box office results and they're kind of low. What are they at? Uh, 55 million opening weekend. Which, oh wow! Yeah, okay. like it it was still number one, but which you know taking the throne from like Avengers or whatever. But the estimates I was seeing were like 70 to 100, so that is kind of weird. I was thinking it would be maybe around 80. Yeah, so people not that excited about Will Smith? I don't know. I am. I think he's back in form, finally. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to say right away, he was not my favorite part of the movie. Brolin? But... Hmm? Was Brolin? I liked Brolin. I think I'm going to go with Griffin, uh, Michael Stuhlbarg. Okay. I liked his character a lot. Um, how spoilery are we going to get? This movie just came out, and um, no one saw it, apparently. We'll get pretty spoilery. Maybe we should wait until later for that, maybe? Okay. What do you mean? Like, don't just kick off the podcast with unlistable with a spoiler. material? Yeah. Okay, fine. Um. Alright, what, what should we go into? What other media did you consume? I finally all? saw the Community Final 3 episodes they did. Pretty and great, right? Pretty good. The video game episode is really well done. I thought so. Really like that. I can't wait to see people make that into an actual game. I'll play it. I, I, yeah, I mentioned this on, on the doc we're looking at, but, um, on Reddit a lot of people are saying someone's already working on that. There's some fans, some fan initiative to make that happen. I love that Jeff's sprite animation is Mega Man. (laughs) I, I don't, there's no way it can be as ambitious and awesome as that game is, though. Like, they went so far into... Oh, you can basically program everything yourself and make little obeds and they'll go do stuff for you. Like, that doesn't make sense. Word. Like, oh, and um, spoilers, Starburns isn't dead. That's cool. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That scene, for me, was one of the ones that made me think, like, the higher-ups of the show saying, like, the show is kind of hostile to new viewers. Like, that scene makes no sense to anyone who did not see the last, like, six episodes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I get what they're saying, but at the same time, that makes the show more rewarding for the people already watching. So, it's a, you know, price you have it's to pay. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. And, I, yeah, I don't know if Dino is going to come back, though, for season four, what with the whole Harmon thing. But, yeah, that whole Harmon thing, like, knowing that before seeing these episodes, yeah, it made them really bittersweet, especially the final episode. Right. For me, like, it was the day before all that news happened. Like, it was, like, Thursday they aired, I think, Saturday that all got announced, or Friday night. Like, I can see why you were depressed about that that day, because the way it ended was very strong, and it's like, oh, I can't wait to see what they do now, and then you hear that Harmon's gone. Yeah, it's kind of all tainted by, like, but it could be terrible when it comes back, you don't know. Like, there's just yeah. this ambiguity. It, like, it might work out, because, I mean, the writers, some of them are still there, and the cast is still great and everything, but I'm just, I don't know what to what to think anymore, so... I was reading online, some people actually didn't like the third season. What? That's blasphemy to me. 
Yeah, it's easily the best season. Yeah, so like I don't they know finally, what that's all about. Like for season, like I did like season two, revisiting it especially, but they seem to have kind of a more awkward transitions between character building and zany stuff. Mm-hmm. To the point where there was kind of some episodes that are just kind of depressing. Like it's just like we're gonna hang out at this bar and I don't know, just kind of think about life, you know. But like this one, it'll be like we're gonna go into this video game and think about Pierce's father issues. Like it's like that's kind of fun. That Evil have. Abed though, pretty great. Yeah. Evil Abed's great. Um, apparently, wearing fake fake uh, goatees is a means of protest for NBC now. So great, get some felt love at your store. What about like real goatees? No. They Damn it! Look. So I have to shave and then make a fake goatee, or just tape over it. But watch. Actually, out I think that might be it. funnier. It might be. Yeah. When you remove it and there's another goatee, it's not bad. Maybe that'll be like the splash image for this episode. It'll just be me with like a fake goatee over my actual beard. There you go. Yeah, Evil Abed was great, and that last episode especially. It's one scene specifically, but I don't know how much. Just when he's like popping balloons and throwing cigarettes and coffee and yeah, I don't know. so good. I just want a gif of that or something just to post everywhere. But yeah, yeah. Great, great ending. Like the oh, I guess we didn't really talk about the heist episode. That was good too. Yeah, um, I mean it's Ocean's Eleven in Community. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Chang. But, yeah, I I don't know how I feel about Chang. Like he's hilarious, but I don't really like the story arc he took. I liked him better as like the kind of outsider guy that was once a teacher there. Right, like crashing on people's couches and stuff. And now he's just kind of like a dictator, so that's mm-hmm. kind of weird, but I guess I could see the gradual build-up to it, maybe? Sure. So you prefer him living in vents and all that? Um, not so up, much the vents, I preferred him as, like, the crazy teacher they had. Right. Yeah, I'll probably rewatch the whole show sometime before the next one airs. I don't know if they've... Apparently, Dan Harmon's commentaries and stuff are already in the can for Season 3, so that'll be on there, which mm-hmm. will probably also be super bittersweet to listen to. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, if if at the end of it, they're just like, yeah, we got all these great plans for Season 4, just on... It's like, great. Probably just start crying. Yeah. Like, man, it's gonna be rough. But, you know, hey, I, I'm less angry about it now. Hopefully it'll work out. Um, before we keep moving on a little bit, last week mm-hmm. you were talking about that anime. Did you ever find out what it was? Right, the blonde and purple-haired people shooting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, like, someone in John's circle of friends watches it. It's called Panty and Stalking with Garter Belt. Okay, I've actually heard of that. I've never seen it, though. Okay, I just watched a, a little brief video of it. It might fall right within that thing we were talking about last week with awkward hypersexualizing things, but yeah, like I'm reading about it right now, and basically, I guess the idea is two obscene angels, Panty and her sister Stalking, are enlisted by the priest Garter Belt to go like killing ghosts. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be okay, maybe. I don't know. It's... I'll watch an episode of it before I pass any judgment. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't really even watched it. It's just the animation style looks really cool. And the art style is pretty fantastic. I'm looking at some screens right now. Yeah, so that that's kind of the, in, in music video form, that really popped, is just being like, wow, what is this? This looks way different than everything else. Like, I've seen a lot of giant robots and, you know, things exploding, but that's different. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that show. Um, Game of Thrones? Yeah, I started watching it, actually. 
how do you think how do you feel about it i only have the first four episodes down i kind of just watched them all in a row one night um first two and a half ish kind of slow which then, one was the one that uh dealt with the wolves specifically arriving and you kind of get the first sense that lady lannister or whatever sucks wasn't that the second um, episode it was the end of the first and like the beginning of the second around there right i i think the second was kind of where i was like pretty as it stands right now everyone named lannister should probably die there's some of them that'll become gradually endearing a bit, but yeah. Even Tyrion? Because Tyrion's great. Tyrion's okay. I mean, I think the thing behind him I like is that even though he's a Lannister, he's um, the outcast of the family, so he has right. a soft spot for like people that are totally like screwed in life. Like, I think the bastard speech already happened. Yeah, it right? did. That was pretty great. Yeah, that was a nice early moment for that character where I was like, this is of interest. I will continue. Yeah, so. and I never really liked Peter Dinklage before. I think he's fantastic in this. I have, I, I never saw, like, it's the station agent I think everyone keeps talking about. Mm-hmm. I never saw that. Um, okay. Like, I guess I saw his little bit in, like, Elf, right? Isn't he the author? Oh, um... I, I believe he's like a, presti- a prestigious children's book author in that movie, and then well, he's in like the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, um, like, um, but the worst one, like Prince Caspian. I so. haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen all of it yet. I that's the one book I didn't bother reading either. It's it's not. It's kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah, and they try to kind of spruce up the movie some with like battle stuff, but it's just like oh, I just don't care. But actually, you know what? Dinklage was also in um an episode of Thirty Rock. He was okay in that. Okay. But yeah, this is really a role that he can shine in, so it, it works out. Yeah, um, but um, dire wolves. They're adorable, and I want one. Aren't they just big wolves? Well, yeah, but they're, like, okay. mean. You could buy wolves, like, probably. Maybe. It's not know. the same, though. Okay. You could just call it a dire wolf. It's and when they good. find them as pups, oh my god, so cute, right? I, I don't remember. I guess they puppies are, are cool. Okay. I'm more of a kitten person. That's cool. I mean, I'm I like both, but those yeah, they're all fluffy and cute and then they can kill people after. That's pretty great. I guess so. There there's uh, there's there is more wolf stuff, but season 2 not enough, I'm going to say. I'm going to be watching more of it obviously, so we'll be talking a little bit more as we go. Mm-hmm. Um like as we do these podcasts and stuff. But um yeah, like I hear starts taking off right where I'm at now too. Okay. Like, like after plot the, momentum the fourth episode like ends with them they're about to take a um Tyrion into custody. Mm-hmm. So like I'm kind of interested what happens after that. So that's gonna be kinda good, I guess. Yeah, I, f- I fondly look back on season one as having a nice arc to it, but like, can I briefly comment on my feelings towards season two without really spoiling anything? Like, just... as long as you don't spoil any major plot points, that's fine. Right. Like, I won't say anything about like what's happening. I'm just saying like there's too much going on, maybe. And it's not not in like the way where it's like, oh man, I can't keep this all straight. There's too much going on. It's just like it's spread too thin. It's like you want hey, we more got, of like, each. Yeah, it's like we got 15 characters and we don't have enough time to really deal with any of them. So here you go. It's just like, 
can we have eight characters and spend more time with each of them? Can we do that? Well, no. I'm, okay. I, like you probably could, but I mean, probably, they would probably have to like change the books. I know. Like, I, yeah, I kind of want to ask someone who's read all the books. Like, is this the same? Is this just how this happens? Because I was looking through some kind of summary, like how reviewers felt about season two, and pretty much everyone thought it was way better except the New York Times, which had the exact list of problems I do, where it's like, there's like there's too many characters, like, we don't get invested in the ones that are going on, and it generally just seems to kind of be aimless. And it's just like, yeah, right? High five, New York Times. But everyone else is telling me I'm crazy, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, and anyways, as we keep talking about the series too, we'll probably mm-hmm. be talking more about, like, I think gender politics and feminine issues. Because yeah. as it is right now, like I have a problem with all the women almost. Even the Khaleesi? Show. Like, I think the only one I genuinely like is the youngest daughter because she's strong already. She's pretty cool. Um the arc of the kinda the sister character that's Yeah, um, that marries with the, the warring tribe. Yeah. Yeah. She's already kind of like starting to show some promise i'm really excited because like in the first episode it's like oh all women are just sex slaves so yeah what and then now she's kind of like no i'm a queen like we're gonna do this so that's gonna be kind of cool i guess Th- there's some stuff there i i'm really curious about like how to view that show because there's it swings really hard in different ways like it's like one scene will just be like oh that's just straight up inappropriate and then it's like oh but they kind of counter it with this one Maybe that's just that character. I don't know. And already some of the like weird sexual scenes are seem kind of unnecessary, but maybe they aren't. I don't know. We'll see. There's there's one in season one that it might stand out for you too. It definitely did for like my whole circle of friends that was watching that show as being like, wow, that was just gratuitous. What are you doing? So, yeah. is it like there's, at the beginning? Have I seen it? Uh, no. There's actually apparently a term already coined for it. Uh, sex position which is exposition during sex scenes for no real reason. Just, just you know. Oh, because. like where um, the one slave girl is, like, having sex with that queen's brother in the bathtub, and, like, they're talking about, like, dragons. Well, you need to know more about dragons. So I guess that would qualify. Right, um, but, like, it's exposition. and Yeah, because... there's a more blatant one later that okay. it's, it's pretty... It's HBO, man. It's just right within there. It's just like what they have to do now. That's just what they do. I don't know. I really just don't know how to feel about it. Um, but yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm liking it so far. It's yeah. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of great stuff. And well, I I don't know. I just kind of hope they maybe like narrow it down a bit, some or something. And Sean Bean and his wife have a great relationship mm-hmm. so far. Yes, those those. Oh. I'm rooting for them. What's the What's the last name of their whole tribe again? Starks. Yes. Yes, that's it. I've seen all all of it. Don't remember that. Amazing. That's cool. <laughs> um. Okay. Television. Oh, Mad Men's still great. And it's way better. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah. What jerk. makes it better? Uh, it's just. You know, the characters are just more fleshed out. They spend more time developing them, and that's kind of the heart of that show. It's not just about. I can you know, see that. Like I've watched a fair bit, maybe like a little bit less than half of season one of Mad Men, and mm-hmm. from what I remember, 
I it still didn't grip me at all, and like this show's already gripping me after three episodes. I so. will, yeah. First season is awkward in in Mad Men. It took a while for me to really get invested. I in think anybody. you were saying it wasn't until about halfway through season two that you were like, "Oh, now it's on." Like, there's a specific. I think it's the fourth episode in season two where I was like, "Oh, this just this is pretty amazing." So yeah, it it took a while. I don't know. I like there were things I was liking about it anyway that kind of kept me going, but it kind of launched into a new level. But yeah, the thing with that show is like the big payoff moments aren't like big splashy things. They're just like this character talked to this character about this topic. Did you see that? Right. That was amazing. Like it's like yeah, it's really quiet kind of brilliance. But I love it. I think it's great. Um So what's this Lily Hammer? Lily Hammer is um and a Netflix original series, it's kind of one of the first ones they've done, which is kind of why I wanted to watch it, just to support that kind of forward-thinking internet culture thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Steven Van Zant, who I guess was a core cast member of The Sopranos, okay. Um, he like he he kind of I think wrote it and everything. Like it's it's basically his brainchild. Um, New York, like big city New York gangster guy has to kind of lay low for a while, moves to this small town in Norway? Okay. I think... Where were the Olympics in, like, 94? Oh, dude, I don't know. (laughs) You don't remember? Here, let me make sure I'm not, like... Norway, yeah. It's totally Norway, okay. Um, and yeah, so kind of fish out of water stuff, but they don't play that card as often as I thought they would for kind of cheap jokes. I only watched the first episode, but, like, it quickly seemed to kind of make that character more endearing than you might think for just, like, ah, oh, he's an Italian gangster, he's gonna be gangstery. Like... He has more going to with him, though. They, there is some of that, but you also get the sense, like, he's using this as an opportunity to kind of change up his life some, which I thought was kind of cool. Like, okay. it's like, you know, like, I have to, I have to, you know, get out of the business for a while, but unlike, you know, in Bruges or something, where they're laying low and they're just restless and they don't know what to do with themselves, this is like, no, this is great, I'm gonna buy a bar and just kinda hang out, like, let's mm-hmm. just get get my snowshoes or something, like, he's just kinda embracing it a little better, um, and yeah, I don't know, it just seemed kinda reasonably well-produced, kinda charming, funny little thing, I, I'll probably keep watching it, there's only eight episodes in the first season, um, but yeah, um, Thumbs up, I guess, so far. It's it's an interesting little thing. And yeah, if you're a Netflix subscriber, it's right there. You've probably seen a big banner banner ad for it. So, yeah. And if you've, if you've seen The Sopranos, I guess this might be a bit more meaningful because this dude apparently hasn't acted in a lot of stuff outside of that. And okay. he was apparently really good in that show. So if you've been waiting to see more of that dude, here it is. So, yeah. I haven't watched a whole lot of Sopranos. What I've seen, I liked, I guess, but... Yeah, I only watched, like, the first couple episodes, and then it was like, this seems pretty good, but, man, there's so much of it, and I just don't have time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, like, kind of hearing where that show goes and the cast they get over time and stuff, like, I'm still curious about it, but I don't know. I, what would someday. you have thought if Danny McBride was in The Sopranos? If Danny McBride was in The Sopranos, that would be a weird timeline, because it would be him pretty young, so right when he was working with David Gordon Green and stuff and all the real girls... But might be okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like current him, nah, it wouldn't fit at all. That's that's weird. Yeah. That, well, yeah, at least weird. he has Eastbound and Down. But he has his own HBO show, which um, 
first, I like I've seen all of it so far. Like I I haven't finished season three. I'm on the fifth episode, I think now. Okay. The next one I'm mm-hmm. looking at. Maybe sixth even. I forget. It's they're short seasons too. It's like eight nine episodes. Um, the first the first stuff I watched of that show, I was like, I don't know if I like this or not because it's really like angry in a weird way, or it's like. Or it seemed that way to me, like, it's like, the joke will be he's, like, saying inappropriate things in front of kids or something, and that's the punchline. Yeah. And before, it was like, I don't know how I feel about that. But I think over the course of just watching more of David Gordon Green's comedy stuff, like The Sitter, like, where he kind of feathers that balance between, like, ah, it's just, you know, crass comedy versus, like, no, he actually cares about these kids in this weird way. Like, he's able to find that middle ground, and this show... Doesn't really care as much about that, but he's still kind of a producer on it, and he's still involved in directing and stuff. So every now and then, it kind of hits a weird spot where it's like, ah, that was actually kind of an interesting thing for Kenny Powers. And also, yeah, he's just way full of himself and saying crazy things. And Will Ferrell's like this over-the-top villain in this one episode, um, which I know won't mean much for you, but it was pretty funny. He has a cannon, and he has a plantation. It's it's weird. I think I was yeah. uh, talking to you at one point. Um, a podcast I listen to every now and then is Mark Maron's WTF. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny McBride was one of the guests in a more recent one this last week. Okay. And that dude is not the guy you think he is. He seems super nice. <laughs> so he's like playing up this weird persona of arrogant douche kind of thing. Yeah, and he's just kind of like, I don't know, he was telling some stories about when he first got to LA from like his small town and stuff, and how he was like heartbroken by his girlfriend leaving him, and then like trying to act like a hero when the guy she left him for was like beating her or something and wanted to leave, so he brought a bunch of his friends down to like go pick her up at a bus stop, and that dude was there, and apparently like they had golf clubs in the back, they were ready to mess this dude up. But he was some, mm-hmm. like, giant, like, bodybuilding, like, fighter. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> he goes out and, like, they grab her and stuff. And he's, like, telling the dude to back up and stuff with the club. And then he hits him. Apparently the club just, like, shatters and then they run away. But since this dude was going out with her, like, he knows where they lived. So they just couldn't go back to their apartment for six months. Like, great. just stuff like that. It's just great. I would recommend people listen to that, because it gave me a whole new perspective on Danny McBride. Did you not really like him before? Or? Uh, no, I've always liked, like, his comedy and stuff, but I never really knew anything about, like, how he was personally, because I've never seen interviews or anything with him. So this right, was pretty right. great. Yeah, I guess I haven't really seen him talk candidly about anything. Like, he's usually in character for something. I'll find the episode number, and maybe I'll, like, IM it to you or something. You can download it. Okay. Just, yeah, like, I I guess all I wanted to say about season three of Eastbound Down is, like, I'm finally at a point where I'm like, I like that show. I think it's good. Whereas before, it was like, this is like a guilty pleasure thing. I don't know if this is worth recommending. Yeah. There's some pretty great stuff in season three. Uh, Jason Sudeikis shows up in a nice little role. Um, so that was kind of fun for me, too. And Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's been, it's been pretty fun so far. I've been meaning to check it out for a while now, but I just never have seemed to do it so i don't know there's a bit where he's spinning a trident that pretty that's funny. pretty amazing but yeah um uh so before we started movies? recording oh, yeah, i was yeah, watching yeah. a little bit of um tv and scott pilgrim was on actually i caught the end of it again 
I like, I like that, that movie. movie, and that's like the first movie I watched that I kind of was like, okay, Michael Sarah, uh, whatever. I guess he's okay in this. Um, mm-hmm. I still don't like him in a lot of stuff, but you watched Youth and Revolt. I rewatched it. I, I'd seen it in theaters. Before. How is it? I like it. I think it's good. It's a good movie. Is it like worth me watching? I think my family, like my parents, have it, so I could watch it for free. You do get to see him play kind of an evil version of himself. I've heard it described recently as kind of like a comedy fight club in a way. There's okay. kind of like a character wrestling for his own mind happening. Okay. But it's very transparent that that is happening. It's not like a last minute reveal. Right. It's like 90 minutes, kind of just goofy stuff happens. Just something to watch at some point, maybe, if I'm bored. Maybe. Like, it does have a very kind of like, this is an indie movie, we got an indie soundtrack, and look at this weird art style. So So it's like Juno? Like, kind... Not... not, It's nothing like Juno in a lot of ways. No, I mean, like, with that aspect. Sure. Or like Nick and Nora or something. Like, it fits right into that comfort zone. Like, I don't know how I feel about that, because Nick and Nora, as I watched it a few times, because one of my exes loved it, so, like, we would Mm -hmm. watch it periodically. I only watched it once, and I've been thinking about revisiting it. Like, I've probably seen it, like, six times. That seems too much. It it kind of is, but I think that's where, like, my love for Kat Dennings started. And, like, I don't know, I've just grown accustomed to, like, that movie, so I'm okay with it now. But, like, Mm -hmm. Juno, I've probably seen three or four times due to the same X, and that I don't like at all still. Yeah, I saw that quite a few times, and then I kind of just put it on hold, and I haven't seen it in a couple years. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, I saw it, like, three or four times that year, and then it was like... Yeah, it's still good, but I think I'm just gonna not watch that. So yeah, yeah. And another movie like, I watched a lot when I was a kid. I actually mm-hmm. just rewatched again today because it was on TV again. Uh, Billy Madison. Yeah, I like. I loved it as a kid. I don't think so much of it anymore. I guess it was kind of annoying, like the whole movie. So I don't know. It had some okay parts. Like Norm Macdonald's always kind of okay. Uh, Chris Farley was pretty great, but other than that, I don't know. No more Adam Sandler. Mm. Yeah, I, that whole era of Sandler, I'm barely familiar with. Like Happy Gilmore was kind of a thing we watched, but beyond that, I don't think I really know much about what he's doing. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I just I don't know much about Adam Sandler's peak of success or whatever, like the Waterboy, that was a thing? I think that's where his decline started, right? I don't know. Because that was what, I'm like, sure. 98, 99? Some people like Mr. Deeds, I'm told. That's That was on it. TV right after, and I started watching a bit of that. It's okay. Like, he's totally affable in that. Okay. I, I saw a click, and I did not like that movie. That movie Despite is just um, that old Twilight Zone there. episode. Right, like, but it, it, it yeah, I don't know. It was and like the depressing I took the dilemma and too seriously for it to be funny. Like it was just like no, oh, it wasn't funny. Movie. It was depressing. That's like the saddest ending before they obviously made it happy again. Yeah, I don't know what kind of weird balance he was going for with that movie. Yeah, and then I saw Zohan and I thought it was awful. I didn't even bother. Someone gave I, me I a burned it, copy so. of it for free, and I threw it away. <laughs> Not even a coaster, just garbage. Yeah, I think I used it as a disc outside the car. <laughs> okay. Um, but sorry, just briefly back to I 
I'm kind of missing Michael Cera right now because I don't think he's in a lot of stuff coming up. No? I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, I know Scott Pilgrim didn't do very well. So, despite me quite liking it. Well, like, it everyone that actually wanted to see office. it really liked it. But the problem is I right. don't think enough people wanted to see it. Yeah. And the, I don't know if it's marketing or what, but... Like oh, they just announced the Palm Door. Michael Haneke. Amour. There you go. Cannes Film Festival. Update. Well, I mean, Michael Sarah's going to be in that Arrested Development movie, right? Well, we're just going to ignore what I just said and continue yep. on? It's ridiculous. Michael Haneke, dude. Full stop. Full stop. So Favorite Michael stop Haneke the show. Movie. That's it? Welcome no, no. To me- or thanks no, no. for listening to Media Monks? No, we're talking about Michael Haneke now. What's your favorite Michael Haneke movie? Oh, like we're actually talking. Okay, um... I'm forcing this issue. Oh, I don't remember stuff he's been in. He's he's a director. Or what so, he's done, yeah. one. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna say Funny Games. I haven't seen it. It's one of, it's one of the few I've seen. Like, um, what, okay, fine. What Sorry. else did he do? Like, The Piano Teacher? Uh... Piano Teacher, yeah. Uh, I think cachet. I think I saw Piano Teacher. I can't remember. Um, and then White Ribbon was well regarded, but I haven't seen it. But Funny Games, apparently, like in yeah, stores funny, now. Both of them. In stores now. Funny Games. Uh, yeah. Okay. Michael Sarah, do more stuff. Michael Haneke movies, perhaps. There you go. See, seamless transition. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> the Cable Guy. Yeah. Great movie. It is pretty good. Uh, some weird... You forgot the pacing of that movie until you saw it again, didn't you? Like... Because I, I every time I, I have... see that movie, I forget how kind of, like, erratic it is. It's pretty erratic, yeah. Which, like, I think it's just, like, how Michael Bro- Matthew Broderick's character treats him just seems to shift really radically. Like how he's kind of his friend point. and then all of a sudden it's like, leave me alone. Like, really quickly. Because, like, like early on, he's kind of like, yeah, I don't think this is a great friendship. But then they actually have fun. And then it's like, okay, no, this is cool. It's working out. And then at some point, he's just like, no, get out of here. And he's just being really, like, b- like pushy and stuff. And it's just like, why would you do that? That seems kind of weird. And then he snaps and craziness happens. And Leslie um, Mann. And young Leslie Mann, yeah. which Probably in her more attractive happens. role. Yes, and Judd Apatow produced that movie, apparently. Did he? It all makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I was looking at that. And David Cross and Bob Odenkirk have tiny, tiny, tiny bit roles So in does it. Andy Dick. So does Andy Dick, that's true. And Kyle Gass yep. as Dude What Reads Book. It's so, really pretty funny. Yeah, there's, there's some odd little There's a lot there. of, but, like, kind of big-name people now, like, just doing mm-hmm. really weird small things in that movie. Like Jack Black as the spurned friend who wanted to go to the Soundgarden concert. Or Owen Wilson being Robin's date. Yeah, what a weird scene that yep. is. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I like, don't know. That whole movie has a kind of uncomfortable feel, but it works. Yeah, overall, I, 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 I kind of want to check out the Blu-ray, because apparently Jim Carrey did a commentary on it. And I'm If you can find a copy of that say, Blu-ray, let me know. Okay just so you can hear his thoughts on it, too, because apparently he doesn't do that often, so I'm suspecting it's kind of like a key performance for him, like where he changed up things Well, I mean, that, and I also don't think I even own a copy on DVD. I have, like, a VHS. The DVD was a terrible transfer, so I actually watched it on Netflix because it was actually an HD thing, and apparently it goes off of Netflix in a couple days. It's on Netflix? Uh, It is for the next, like, 
three days. Probably it probably isn't as of you hearing this out there in internet land. Okay. Like it was gonna expire pretty soon. Um, but yeah, I I wanted to check that out. And Ben Stiller directing. Pretty good. Yep, and and having a bit role as those twin brothers. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That whole thing. And Eric Roberts has a weird little bit with the TV movie of that whole story, which I've totally forgot about. But yeah, th- there's some fun gags in there. Um, kind of some weird for like like it's probably not that visionary or whatever, but them kind of talking about like the future of technology and like playing and Mortal Kombat with your friend in China. Vietnam. Vietnam. Sorry, I get Asian right. people mixed up. I, I, I forgot which country he said to, and then I watched the news like, oh yeah, right, that was it. I, I was thinking Korea or something. Um, That's racist. Well, I just misremembered the country's name. It's fine. I knew it was Asian. Yeah, Not somehow bad. like it's racist for you to forget the country, but me just two seconds ago saying that all Asian people look alike wasn't. So, yeah, I don't know. Double standards. <laughs> Briefly on that, there, there's a popular GIF kind of going around of a like a gentleman sticking his head out a door and giving a thumbs up and then ducking back in. Okay. Um. Apparently, it's Young Chow Young Fat in A Better Tomorrow Two. Okay. I just thought it was John Cho, so I'm a bad person. Like, like apparently the thing it's mistaken for a lot is John Cho, and I think ninety percent of the reason for that is it just seems like something he would do in a Harold and Kumar movie. Mm. Yeah, but he didn't apparently, and it's like, oh yeah, I guess I, I'm squinting at this little thing on my phone. That isn't him at all, is it? And yeah, so I don't feel too bad about it, but yeah, I totally had that wrong, and I'm gonna admit that on the and, internet. I mean, um, just a side note: to one of my that. best friends is Chinese, so keep the hate mail to a minimum. Okay, and uh, thumbs up, Chowing Fat, Bulletproof Monk, and, and Asians. <laughs> don't okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. You heard well, it here first, Nathan. You, no thumbs up for if Asians. You, if you make it, if you broaden it, and it makes it kind of weird. I don't, I don't know, oh, okay. <laughs> sure, why not? Thumbs up. Thumbs up to everybody. Um, should we talk about video games? Or should we just actually talk about Men in Black? Um, I just want to say movies? something quick. Don't see Chernobyl Diaries in theaters. Don't see Chernobyl Diaries in theaters. So this is the creative team behind Paranormal Activity, mm-hmm. which officially received William Friedkin's endorsement on his Ask Me Anything. Mm-hmm. So think about that. The Exorcist director says that's okay. Yeah. Boom. But Chernobyl Diaries no good. Why? Um, it's middling at best. So like if you want to spend twelve dollars for wasting an hour and a half or two hours or whatever it is, I think it's almost two hour or almost an hour and a half. Uh I mean go for it, I guess. Not nothing in it is outstanding at all. Is it R rated? No, it's not. I don't think. I think okay. it was fourteen A because we had Okay, so at the theater, we sat down. We were about 40 minutes early because we didn't know how busy it would be. The row mm-hmm. in front of us, a whole bunch of like teenage girls came in, and they took the yep. whole row. They sat like at the ends and then one in the middle because they saved that whole row for a bunch of noisy teenagers. Awesome. Yeah, so that was cool. Me and uh, my roommate actually went up three rows to get away from them, and then like the two friends we were with didn't want to move, so they stayed there. And apparently the whole time... like every little thing they were like screaming and giggling and like the dudes were being like what what's going on what the fuck and like they were just all being kind of irritating great so, so that's your target demographic right there yeah i guess i mean it was kind of weird to see that many teenagers in one place but i like okay. i don't know i don't go to malls anymore so that's that anyways this movie 
Like, I don't know, the director, like, hasn't really done anything. <laughs> so, that might be a huge issue for some people. Like, he's done a lot of visual effects stuff. Um, he was the visual guy for, like, Triple X and um, Fight Club. Like, so he knows how to do a decent look, but he this was his debut directing capacity, and that kind of shows because this movie didn't have any direction at all. <laughs> I'm just looking at his name. Bradley Parker? Something like that. I can't remember his name. Like, I, I yeah. looked up what he's done after, because as I was walking out the theater, I was like, I need to know who worked on this and, like, what they've done, mm-hmm. and this was his only directing credit, but he's been the visual effects supervisor and stuff for a whole bunch of really good stuff. Okay, but he apparently did have something to do with the special effects and Let Me In, which I will say I haven't one seen thing that. sabotages that movie, it's the special effects. I, I um, haven't seen that movie. Like, Chernobyl Diaries... Okay. okay, so I haven't played through all the Stalker games. I've played through a bit of the first one. I really like the whole, like, background behind Chernobyl and, like, nuclear disasters and stuff, like Fallout and games and stuff like that. It's kind of interesting to me. So mm-hmm. the premise was strong going in for me. Uh, the trailer was okay. I didn't know what to think about it because it has elements of found footage film and, like, normal movie stuff in the trailer. But then, like, yeah. I realized that's totally in the movie, too, and that's really weird because at one point it's, like, almost like the perspective of, like, you're a third person just kind of watching what's going on with these people as, like, they're looking around. And then, like, it'll cut to a part that's kind of found footagey for exp- uh, exposition, and then it'll cut to just, like, straight-up movie stuff. And that's really weird. Like, it's not grounded in It's the not grounded in narrative. any um, yeah. of the three specific types that it shows. That is pretty weird. Um, a lot of the main baddies or whatever, like, are animals. So that's kind of weird. But I- So then it is kind of like Stalker, right? Because it's like, oh, a mutant pig! Blah. Yeah, I mean... Run. There's one part where, like, a bear comes... And that's kind of hilarious. <laughs> okay. Um, I was laughing pretty hard. I think some people were freaked out, but I was laughing pretty hard at that. And then everything after that became a bear attack in some form. So it's like, oh, the river bear, or like the bus bear and stuff like that. It was all weird. Just enraged mutant animals? Like, I don't even know if they were mutant. I think they were just kind of like animals looking for food. But Oh, well then that's not even really playing off of the whole premise, isn't no, it? No, is but then there are mutant things, and, like, that happens okay. later. Um, they follow the, like, whole Jaws idea where you never see the, like, monster, the thing chasing you until the very, very end, and even then you don't really see it. So... Well, that's, prob- that's probably a good thing, right? That's, Restraint? Yeah, that's probably a good thing. Um, I might have liked to see more from, like... I guess, in a way, it was kind of genuinely terrifying. In like, if I was in this situation, I wouldn't have been able to handle this. Mm-hmm. But the way it was carried was pretty ridiculous and took me out of any like place I should have been. Like, it wasn't overly B movie campy and like dumb, but it also wasn't good. Like, well okay. done. So I was just kind of there, wondering how to feel about it. And as it is right now, I couldn't tell you details about it. And I just saw right. it like twelve hours ago. Yeah, that, that that's a that's not a great place for a movie to land. Like, so did it feel like? Oh man, this was just, like did time slow down a bit? Like, was it kind of like? Ugh. 
Because um, for me, the last movie that did that to me was probably John Carter, where it was like, I don't hate this, but she's not very good. I don't think time like slowed down or anything, but I was wondering why things were happening this way. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of sitting there like, why would this happen? <laughs> so, like, why did they go this way with it? And then it became, why am I sitting here? Why did I pay for this? And that's a really bad place to be. Okay. So, don't spend money on it. I'm going to be doing up a review, I think. I'll hopefully have that out Tuesday. So, if you're listening to this and it's not up, I failed. But, there you go. Okay. Um. And, okay, last thing. Any comparisons to uh, Hills Have Eyes? Was it anything like that at all? No. Okay, because that's kind of the trailer I thought. Like, oh, mutants and their own kind of on vacation. Like, okay, but I mean, nothing like that. Full disclosure, there's no real spoilers. Chernobyl Diaries, you know there's going to be mutants. Um, yeah. They're mutant people, and they're kind of living in the rubble like of this abandoned um, lab thing or whatever they had underground near Chernobyl mm-hmm. in Pripyat. And yeah, those are like the main enemies, and they're super stupid strong. They like can flip a van they can do stupid shit like that, but then all of a sudden, like, a chick has a lead pipe and she's able to beat one off. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. Take that as you will, I guess. Okie dokie. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we'll go to our premiere film, like, the big the big dealie, Men in Black 3. Yep. Um, I meant to rewatch Men in Black 2 before this happened, but I failed to do that. So, like, if you don't, don't own have... it, it's kind of hard to just want to go out and get it. Yeah. Um. So that I don't have that context going into this one, but I, th- I think it's better. It's much better. It's. It seemed like you know, like I enjoyed it the first time watching it, whereas with the second one, I was like, ah, I have significant issues with this movie. It's um, still not as think... well done as the first, though. No, it's not. And I'm trying to, yeah trying to articulate what it is. Maybe it's just like this whole premise just isn't as fresh as it was the first time, because like the, you, you have like Will Smith kind of blanking everybody's memories and then saying goofy things. That happens, but... That happens like twice in the first like 20 minutes. Yeah, I, I didn't find either gag especially funny. I didn't I either. Say. Like, like I, I didn't mind Will Smith in this movie, but he was not my favorite part of this movie. See, like I liked Will Smith a lot in this movie because... That's the Will Smith I grew up with, with stuff where he's just kind of a smart ass and he's a, yeah, a just, little funny, stuff like yeah, that, right? Yeah, cracks everywhere. So it was not, it was sarcasm. a nice um, nostalgic return of form for me, but I can definitely mm-hmm. see why he wouldn't be the best part of this movie. Like he just isn't given anything interesting to really do at any point. He's playing oh, it um, safe. Yeah, like it's it's well within just like, hey, just do your thing, just do your thing, be Agent J again, okay, and then he just does that. Um, Tommy Lee Jones is getting Tommy real Jones. old. Yeah, but I looked, he's only 66, so he looks really old. He's only 66? I know, right? Wow. Like, he's got some city miles on him, like they said in the movie. Like, it's like, dude, wow. Like, old looking. There's some scenes where it's just like, wow, he's, he looks, he's not Like, especially after watching Brolin, and Pretty then, soon. like, it goes back eventually to yeah. Tommy Lee Jones is like, wow, he's real old. Like, apparently only 21 years and change separate them in age. But, I'm going to go ahead and say they could yeah. probably do prequels to Men in Black with Young Agent K. Young I would Agent watch that. Ah, you need Jay, though. Like, they need a Jay, really. They like, could, I'd watch that movie, but, like, 
I mean, given the box office turnout and stuff, like you can't. That's not lucrative enough, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure where where they're gonna go or if they're gonna go further with any of this, but whatever. Um, I the, just to briefly shine a light on the things I I enjoyed the most. Um, Michael Stolberg is kind of this weird alien who can see all timelines happening. Uh, like he like comes from the fifth dimension or whatever like that. So he right. sees every timeline possible happening all at one time. He basically right. sees infinite possibilities as they happen. Which to me was kind of reminding me of Doctor Manhattan, the way he yep, perceives kind of. time. Um, but it made for but, like a really kind of interesting idea, I guess. Like, yeah, it was it a left weirdly me thinking after big idea for this just to have as a side character in this comedy, which I thought was pretty cool. And he has some kind of a neat perspective on things, and I like that actor too, like a serious, a serious man. Yeah, so, Larry Gopnik was in this movie, um, and. Even though it took me like forever to be like, is that who that is? Jermaine Clements, the bad guy, Boris. Yeah, they do a good job with him. And like, just yeah, like I just I wasn't a hundred percent sure who I was seeing. He was just being way evil and bug Boris the animal. Boris the animal, yeah. He's so um, gross in that movie too. I love it. When his hand opens up early in the movie, was well, he's like made looking. of nothing but like claws. That's weird. Yeah things grasping onto each other or something. I'm not really like, sure what's going yeah, on. Yeah, like, his hand is essentially just, like, a bunch of little fingers grasping onto, like, bugs or something. Yeah, it, it's a strange thing. Uh, I don't remember much. It's Lara Flynn Boyle in the second movie, right? Lara Flynn Boyle, oh, as the main baddie person? Villain, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, how does she do? I just don't remember much about um, her. Um, she does Lara Flynn Boyle. She doesn't say much, and she just kind of walks around. Okay, yeah, like, this definitely felt like they wanted a more, for like, in-your-face antagonist or whatever. Yeah. Because the movie opens with him just messing dudes up and stuff, and it's just like, this is what's happening in this movie. And you're just like, okay, I, I guess that works. Um, I, I still think Vincent D'Onofrio, as the bug in the first movie, just, I loved so much about that character and every all the weird, awkward things he gets into, so that's still by far my favorite villain in this series, but, mm-hmm. you know, Boris tried, and there, you know, time travel, and biker, I don't know, there's some okay moments throughout. Bill Hader's Andy Warhol was pretty great. Yes, that, that was good. Um, I don't know, I'm just trying to, th- yeah, what, what else really, yeah, Josh Brolin was very good, um, um I'm glad I he guess, showed up. I guess, like, spoilers from this point, maybe? Okay. Men in Black 3 spoilers a little bit. Roughly about 45 minutes in. I mean, I'll put it in the show notes so you can skip over it to when we stop. Okay. But, um, yeah, I kind of saw the ending coming uh, when, like, they met Will Smith, or Agent J's dad. Right, yeah. Like, he's the only other black guy. (laughs) So it was just like... Okay, that's probably like somehow related to him because of time. Well, there was there was some foreshadowing, really, because he he's talking about like you know I never knew him. Like why would that? Yeah, exactly. Because really be like early on in the, the movie, movie, like you know what my favorite game was playing like the throwing the ball against the catch. wall and calling it my dad or something because he was never there. Like yeah, it's like we used to play a game. It's called catch, except it was just me throwing a ball at the wall because he was never there. And yeah, yeah, but exactly. that was that was kind of funny, just because what uh, old K just said. But whatever. and like that's what made K so kind of like cold because he saw mm-hmm. Will Smith's 
or I guess Jay's dad, like, killed right in front of him by, like, the guy he probably should have killed earlier. Yeah. So that's the event that changed him. We just spoiled, like, the only thing this movie has. So, yeah, don't listen to this part. If you listen to it, I'm sorry. Still good, though. It's still pretty good. Yeah. Check it out. We didn't see it in 3D, I guess we'll say. Um, I don't think you have to. Probably not. I think the only real 3D gags they had were kind of at the beginning with, like, the fight in the Chinese restaurant. Because, like, Like that fish came through that window at the screen and some things came at the screen. But other than that... Right, I guess I didn't even really think about that being situated for 3D. But it is. Yeah. Um, Rick Baker's getting a lot of talk right now again for his makeup skills. Um, And Zed's gone. Zed's gone because Rip Torn is crazy and in jail. Really? I actually didn't know this. What happened? I I guess he... like This is me paraphrasing things I heard, but I I guess he robbed a bank or something. Like, he, he went weird. Here, I'm gonna look up Rip Torn right now, but yeah. Like, it, it was weird how, like, in his funeral scene, the photo of him is all blurry, too. Like, it's like you can't even obtain his Probably because, like, or legal issues or something. Right. Um, or maybe they don't... Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, while well, you look that up, so they had Emma Thompson being Agent O. Uh, she did okay. Uh, Agent O driving. was kind of a different character, I guess. She, Where Rip Torn was kind of just like... <laughs> sorry, what? Carrying a firearm, carrying a firearm while intoxicated, first degree burglary, second degree criminal trespassing, and third degree criminal mischief. Like, he just walked into a bank, or branch, a Litchfield Bancorp branch with a gun or something. There you go. Yeah, so... Wow, okay, so... Yeah, he's not here right now. That's too bad. That's really too bad. I really like Zed. I did too, yeah. Oh, O's good, though. O's good. Sorry, you were Um, talking about that. So, yeah, Alice Eve... Young Agent O. Mm-hmm. And R- Emma Thompson is like really Agent pretty o. girl, I guess. I guess I, I don't know. She was barely in the movie. Yeah, I mean she's in. She's out of your league. So. Oh yeah. That's that where movie. I recognized her, I guess. Okay. But yeah, so I don't know. I, I would say Men in Black One, Men in Black Three, Men in Black Two. Probably after another rewatch of Men in Black One. Like, if you were to watch them in a row of quality. So watch Men in Black 1 twice. And then watch number 2, maybe. Okay. But, like, 3 so should not be in there for, to break it up a little bit. Josh Brolin does a really good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite not being 29 at all, which they kind of make reference to as well. Which I believed funny. him as K. Yeah, oh yeah. No, he jumps right in and has fun with it. Yep. And- Oh yeah, you can tell he was definitely having fun with it. I really like that they actually made reference to the time too, like like how 1960s where era. like they went with the racial thing with Will Smith a little bit at the beginning when he yeah, first goes back. That's there. pretty good. Um, yeah, time travel is a fun premise. Do it more. Movies. And the giant neuralizer—that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. You have to fit his whole body in. So yeah, I don't know that. In theaters now. Check I it would, out. I would say Easy probably money. pay to see it. It's good. Yeah. I paid $13 and I don't regret it. So Me neither. It was a good night out. Video games. I'm just going to briefly crash through those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I played some XP and 3 multiplayer. I didn't even know that had multiplayer. Is it just kind of like a Gears You're of War type thing? You're shooting dudes. Like a deathmatch? Yeah. Um, well, I, I primarily 
play deathmatch because it's simple, but there's a bunch of different game modes and stuff. Um, is there like a horde mode type thing? Or a survival new, mode? I don't know. That would actually be pretty cool. I should look into that. That would be more fun than what I've been doing so far. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't really looked at that. Um, trying to th Oh, I played a bit of the single player too. One thing I will say, when you're replaying that game, it kind of... I don't know why they did this, but whenever you look at something on your subsequent playthroughs a cha through a chapter or something, there's just no dialogue about it. Like, Max Payne's monologue just isn't there. Which, huh. like, I'm, I find kind of weird, because it's like, yeah, I've already seen it, but I kind of wouldn't mind hearing him share those thoughts again. That's why I pressed Y on this, on this object. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like, no, don't, you don't need that. Um, and I don't want to just reset entirely and play through on a lower difficulty because then I won't get my golden gun pieces, which is the collectible thing they decided to throw in there, which... Every game with guns has golden guns now. I don't... Yeah, basically any kind of collecting thing throughout a campaign, I just... I don't like that. Don't do that anymore if you're making a video game. That's old. Just stop it. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. I like it. it like, ruins the I'm flow probably of one of the few stuff. people that actually will say I do kind of like unlocking concept art because I actually look at those when I'm done playing the game. Mm hmm. But I, figure out a better way for me to unlock it. Like the Riddler trophies was actually a cool thing if you're gonna go with like searching it and making it a fun part of the game. But if it's just like, oh, it was behind this bar stool. Why didn't you look there? It's like because it's behind where I started in the level and I was trying to shoot guys. Why easily would I go the there? worst part though about the Riddler trophies was that they went way overboard with it. In the second game with but hundreds and hundreds of them? what I do like about the Riddler trophies in the second game, yeah, is that uh, as you collect them, you gain access to the like Riddler side missions, and yeah. those are pretty great. They're basically Saw. Like, you need to put more thought into how you're going to unveil that stuff. I've been thinking about playing that again, too, because apparently the Harley Quinn DLC is pretty cool, but... I, I haven't. And isn't like yeah. the Robin DLC out or coming out? Well, he's he's the main star of that one. Oh, is it's he? It's just she's the antagonist in it. Um, oh, that's right. Okay, right. Yeah, I saw one trailer for it a while ago. I yeah, I kind of want to play it again too now. Uh, Animal Crossing. Yep, been Game's playing dope. a lot of that. Fishing like you wouldn't believe. Uh, I've almost paid off the final house. So what does that mean for people like me that have played Animal Crossing once and like didn't ever go back? In a way that's kind of your primary goal in the game, like okay. you know, just get the biggest pad, but I guess there's tons of other stuff like getting a high So point it's basically score. like a cute The Sims? Sure, but like a little more objective focused. Okay. It's kind of a life sim, I guess, but you only really control one dude and you just kind of Do hang you out win at life? I'm I'm doing okay. I've That's good. I'm happy to hear that and stuff. Yeah. Um, Metal Gear Solid Three. Started great game. That it is really great. I will say some of the dialogue seems to kind of speak down to you in a weird way that I forgot happened. Isn't like, that like that in like two and three though? I don't. I I haven't played two in a while either. So maybe like it, like they'll just kind of reiterate stuff and it's just like no I was listening I I picked that up the first time you don't need to say that oh yeah yeah I get you like there's a, there was a conversation between Khrushchev and Lyndon B. Johnson that was just like why are we still talking like there's a bit where Khrushchev basically just sums up everything that was just said again and I was like no one would talk like this this is like what are you doing I was just annoyed I don't know it was like I've already been watching for 10 minutes let's just go 
but whatever. Overall, I still like the narrative, like how much they throw into that, but yeah, some some bits sticking out a little bit more now. Um, and achievements makes it a little different, so I had to... You, you know how you can kill the end before you're supposed to? Yeah, where you shoot him on the dock. Which is just the most cowardly thing ever, and I hate that, but there's a there was a sizable achievement for it, so I made two save slots and did that. And but then, I really like that, too, that they... No, I like how much weird in. flexibility there is in some spots in the campaign for you to do dumb stuff like that, but... I, because just do you wasn't... remember the end fight? Like, very yeah, it's well. awesome. That's one of the best parts of that game. Easily. Like, if you play that on the hardest difficulty, you could easily spend an hour just slowly crawling around looking for Right. Him. It's like a really intense sniper it's battle. It's an actual sniper battle. I think it's, like, the only game that comes to mind where you actually have a sniper battle. Right. Like, giants, like, th- triple, like, there's, like, three giant areas you can kind of be hiding in, right? Like, yeah, and you just, like, slowly move around, stop, look around, wait to see if you can find a glint your camo all the of time. his, like, scope anywhere. You don't see anything right. for, and if like, you're trying five to do minutes, it, you keep going. And if you're trying to do it non-lethal, it's even better. Oh, where like, you sneak up behind him? You gotta get right up on him, and it's it's crazy. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. But that makes I, you feel like you earn the title of Big Boss. Yeah. Like, you go through some rough stuff. It's like, yeah, I'm just playing it on normal right sniper. now. I just snuck up on him and tased him. Yeah. I'm just doing normal right now, but I'm I'm going for a non-lethal playthrough. Like, I'm just trying to MK22 everybody and, like, throw dudes onto the ground instead of... I'm going to go ahead and say non-lethal real. playthroughs are far superior in every like game it. I've played. It's it adds a new element it. to yeah. it. Man, some of those cutscenes are ridiculous, though. Like, just, I forgot... But in a great way, but just like, wow, if you hit a person with a motorcycle like that, th- that would not work out. That's not... That's the last cutscene of that game still kind of gets me a little misty-eyed. It came close when I first saw it, yeah. Like, where um, just salutes her grave. You're just like, oh my god. There was... Like, there's one issue that's standing out to me more. This is the HD version of it. Mm-hmm. Like, they never got lip-syncing right in that game, though. No. And it... It's so it's such a bummer. It's like, how did you do that wrong? Like, the game has so much dialogue in it. Why do they basically barely move their lips and say giant, complex sentences? Like, it looks so silly. Could like, it be maybe a difference in between, like, Japan and here? Like, localization I, like, issues? Oh, like, it's actually, like, they, they've dubbed, like, they've Cause they developed synced it, it up Japan, for right? Japanese. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, I guess. Like maybe like before technology was at the point where you could just like send a game to somebody online or something. It's it's weird to see because that game's now. kind of old. It's like eight years ago. That's pretty old. Wait, like seven maybe? But yeah, because like, like YouTube hasn't even been around at that point. I know, yeah, I guess so. We were still so. in school. I was still in school. I, I love that game so much. I played it multiple times right away. Yep. So, it's kind of a nice bit of nostalgia there, too. But also, like, yeah, because like, I played through that game multiple times doing weird stuff just because I wanted to, and now that there's some carrots at the end of the stick in terms of achievements, like, I might totally fall into that again. Like, it's just like, now nah, I'm doing it for real. I gotta play this again and again. 30-hour oh. run, d- let's go. Yeah, or I might just do, a like, a Metal Gear marathon. I've been flirting with that idea. Just because 2's on there, too, and I like that game. And then I, I kind of feel like I need to give 4 another look, because I, I was initially kind of had mixed feelings about it, 
so I, I just want to see if I was wrong, but whatever. Um, Battlefield 1943. Yeah, I got a voice message from you. Yeah, you did. Because I came I, to an amazing I listened conclusion. to it. My phone was dead last night, so I listened to it when I woke up today, and I was laughing a bit, and then I was thinking about it, and I'm mm -hmm. with you to a point. Right. So, like, if that was an option you could do, that would be fine, but I wouldn't like the objective to be that. Well, it, w it would have to be kind of like a quiet little... I, I don't really want to get into that side of it, because I'm pretty convinced it's like a trillion-dollar idea. So, you know... Yeah, like, we won't say specifically like, yeah. what it was but yeah I, like 30 like, years from now when we're on the cover of forbes magazine and everything like we can d d like be like I'll that tell was you the day what i liked about the idea though mm -hmm. is that like if it was just a thing you could do but it wasn't uh, like an objective <laughs> this conversation is useless for everyone listening that's okay. totally fine but like okay. if it was just a thing you we'll could do but it wasn't an it. objective mm -hmm. i think it would make it even that more potent because like other people could still do the normal stuff yeah. And, like, they could still totally, like, come up to you and shoot you in the face. Yeah. But, like, if you just did your thing and, like, well, tried to... Well, we can kind of like, get into... We can kind of get into it. It's I, I won't go into the specifics of where I want this idea to go, but whatever. Um, Basically, why I was playing Battlefield 1943... Like, I've had it for three years, basically. It, it came out July of 2009. I got all the achievements except one in, like, the first week of release... And the one left was play 100 matches of that game. Gross. So I've just been periodically going back, and I like I swore I could almost have sworn it was broken for a while, because I was like, dude, I've played so many matches, it has to be 100 by now. But there's, like, no data screen that I could find for that, like, anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I just kept going back to it periodically. Um, and, t like, last night I was playing it again, and I was just not having a fun time. And then I was just like, dude, whatever, I'm just going to... I'm going to set my own goal, and my goal right now is not to kill anybody. So I just kind of right. would do my own thing for, like, the whole match, and it was really fun. Um, fortunately, though, it was also, apparently, like, when I started playing last night, I must have been on number 97, because I just, I over the course of that play session, I got that achievement. So I was like, oh, finally. Congrats. Yeah, so it worked out in two ways. Like, yeah, I had, like, a neat, weird variation on... It's not griefing, I don't think, because my team just didn't really care. I think we won anyway. But, yeah, I, I was able to screw around and have my own weird little experience with the game. And I came up with the idea Paul and, all, Paul and I were alluding to. Um, and then I also got the achievement. So, yay. Then I deleted that game. I don't need to play it ever again. Yeah. Uh, and then I played Time Pilot. I don't think I've even heard of this. It's like a 1982 Konami arcade game where you just... You're, it's just like a you're flying around shooting stuff, but you're in like a spaceship and you just travel from 1910, which made no sense. I realized because nobody was fighting anybody in 1910 in the air. That just wasn't happening. Like mm -hmm. that predates World War One. So what are you doing? But whatever. Uh, to 2001, where you're fighting UFOs because that's what happened. Yep, um, I remember that day. That the big UFO battle in 2001. It was, it was crazy. I was I was on the front line. Lost a lot of gear yeah. in that day. Yeah, it was rough. Um, I was trying to get the last two achievements in that game, which, like, man, I like I'm getting better. I'm getting closer, but I just can't quite do it. Like, it, the you need to beat the last level, which is 2001, presumably the last level. I don't know what happens after that, because um, it is an arcade game, so they just keep going until your score is whatever. 
Um, and the other one is get to like yeah, get to 2001 without dying and beat 2001. And I I haven't been able to do either. I'm getting better at that game though, so hopefully sometime I can figure that out. Um, do you play any games? Oh, you got yeah. Yeah, I don't know um, what I these are. Some so more explain. Evolution. Okay. So I went back to that. I got the A license and then got another bike, and I've been working towards getting enough medals to unlock the Death Valley tracks, which are the super extreme hard ones. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'll ever like do those because hard as it is is really hard, and trying to get like gold on them is really really hard. So that's what's been happening again. I guess uh, I've been playing a lot of the community made tracks. Those are great. I like seeing what other people have done with the uh, stuff that they're given. Uh, there's what all's on there? Th there's like, like I a heard... Terminator Truth Two track. Yeah, that's the one I heard about. Yeah, that's pretty good. There's an alien track where you're in a ship driving a motorcycle and an alien's chasing you in parts and stuff like that. Hmm. It has a very weird ambient feel to it because there's like a shadow in one part that goes runs by and then like another part is just like an open hall and you just start giving it and an alien starts chasing you. So that's weird. Um, just like little weird objectives. Some really cool looking roads. There's like a rainbow road one. And uh, you, as you're driving down this track, it turns into like this rainbow road, like in Mario Kart. Mm -hmm. And then like the whole rainbow will go into like one color, like it's one thin track. And then like it's red, say. And then everything, like, in that part will be red, and then it'll turn blue, and then, like, stuff will be blue. It's pretty great. Are these pretty easy-going levels? Like, they're just trying to show off, or are they still Some of them are. Some of them, like, they range from in difficulty from easy to extreme. So like, is Terminator 2 hard? You want. Or is it... Hmm? Is the Terminator 1 hard, or is it just kind of like, no, you're just in the chase? It's fun. It's probably medium, because it starts off with a whole bunch of, like, bumps and stuff, because you're in the future, and there's, like, the alien, or the robots in the background fighting, and, like, lasers going off and everything, and then, like, you jump over this fence, and then it turns into, like, the modern day one, where you're being mm -hmm. chased down the, not Those, the freeway, like, the... Irrigation canal Irrigation can canal, yeah. Yeah. So, like, it can be kind of hard. Some of the camera angles people put in for flare make it hard sometimes too because you can't see some of the obstacles very well but overall like they're usually higher ranked because they're good so you can kind of get past all the crap by looking at what like the recommended ones are and that's great so that's that uh, Diablo 3 I turned it off after 3 hours um, I can't get into it I don't know why like my friends have one of my Did you friends. choose a garbage class or something? Like, what are you doing? Um, my first one was a demon hunter, which is just basically like a ranged hunter type class. Uh, his name was Cancer. Okay. Um, he was kind of crappy. I didn't like him. Then I played a woman wizard, a wizardress, maybe. I don't know, sorceress, but they're called wizards. Uh, she's great. I like that class a lot. Uh, they don't have my favorite class, which is Paladins, so that's a huge knock against Diablo 3, as it is. Yo, um, monks, dude, I heard monks are awesome. I played the monk, I didn't like it very much. I don't oh. okay. I don't like punching stuff with, like, the fists and stuff. I don't know, I, it's just not my playstyle. If I'm gonna be melee, he has to have, like, a sword and a shield and stuff. Okay. 
So I can't get into it. One of my friends took this whole last week off and played every day for hours. So he's kind of done with it now too, but he's played through it twice on different difficulties. So that's fine, I guess. I played t three hours total and I don't feel I got my money's worth. Um, maybe I'll try to go back with some friends and see if I can get more time into it. But as it stands, I'm not, I wouldn't recommend it which is weird because Diablo 2 is still one of my favorite games ever so I don't know how to feel about that I guess but more importantly I finished off Decay which is split up into four parts it's an indie Xbox Live game probably on PC I'm not sure like proper Xbox Live indie games it's not yeah. XBLA anything yeah, okay. each part is $3 so 240 points so basically $12 will get you all four parts and the full game um, mm -hmm. It's split up into parts because the dude released them every couple months in 2010, and then the last one in 2011. So it was kind of like what Telltale does, I guess, but like for indie games. And um, it's like an ambient horror. It's just kind of going into rooms and like point and clicking and putting together this mystery. You're trying to find out who you are and like what you're going for or whatever and you eventually do I'm not going to give anything away but it involves like the death of your family and what happened and like all that stuff so kind of cool I guess I would definitely recommend it but it has multiple endings it has like eight endings total are so, they based on like you, your decisions over the course of all of it or is they're it just... based on your decisions in the last part because there's no oh, okay. way that indie games could um, read each other like yeah, different yeah, makes parts sense. So they're all um, dependent on your choices at the roughly end of the last part. Uh, basically, you have a choice to save one person, a choice of who you will save, and a choice of what you'll do with a guy. So depending like what combination of those you do, like I think you can kill yourself too at one part. <laughs> so those are all different endings, and um, if you unlock all the extras, you get a download code for the game soundtrack, which I like quite a bit, so I'll probably do that. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, just been kind of trying to play Lone Survivor and getting caught in that one part over and over again, and that dude's not returning my emails, probably because he's busy, so that's on hold for now. Like, it just keeps glitching? Yeah, which is really too bad, because I really, really like that game. Hmm. I'm going to say one more thing, too. Uh, they announced Indie Game the Movie is actually coming to Blu-ray as well. I thought that was all they were saying, wasn't it? Hmm? Oh, okay. Like no, it was uh originally digital download and they said DVD and a special edition at some point and then they oh, okay. just announced that oh yeah, Blu-ray too. So all you dudes that already pre-ordered and want Blu-ray, you'll get the Blu-ray for free. That's so weird though, like a documentary in H HD is that even necessary? But I think whatever. so because the disc is bigger and they have over 200 hours of footage. Right. So I guess you can pack it with extras. And they were saying that even people that want the DVDs, they'll probably like find a way to do double disc if they have mm -hmm. to for all their content. But okay. all the people that already pre-ordered a DVD, if they want, they can opt in for Blu-ray and they'll get it at the price that they paid for the DVD. So that's pretty good. Well, there you go. So check it out. Mm -hmm. When does that come out? Do you know? Um, It's coming out real soon for digital download. It might even be out. You can download it on iTunes and from their site and Steam and Amazon, I think, to, like, watch. I think that's 10 bucks or 5 bucks or whatever. Okay. Um, they're trying to find a date 
for the discs for the actual physical copies. They're thinking hopefully by the end of June or July. Hmm. So that's coming pretty soon. Um, I think it's $24 for a standard DVD, $30 for the standard Blu-ray, $60 for the special edition DVD, and eight, 70 or 80 probably $70, $10 more for the special edition Blu-ray set. Hmm. Okay. And that's IndieInTheMovie.com. You can get that if you're interested. Okay. Um, had we talked about YOLO? No. Well, like, I know what YOLO is, but, and we talked not on here about, like, the popularity it's gained, mm-hmm. but we haven't talked about any specific situation, no. Well, it's not, it's not so much a situation, it's just kind of this ongoing thing that keeps happening on Reddit over the past week of people it bitching about Twitter, it. It happens on Twitter, too. Yeah, people just complaining about the term and stuff, and I, I'm trying to, like, it just, from all corners, like, it doesn't seem to matter what the context is, it's just, oh, that's stupid. Kids these days, man. What a terrible generation. Ugh. And it's just like, what? Like, okay. What? what? It sounds kind of dumb, right? Mm-hmm. Like, out loud, it's just a silly-sounding word. I can totally... No, like, the sentiment behind it is something I've tried to live my life by. Yeah! But, like, the whole, like... I don't like how people pick up on a trend... Like, everyone's saying YOLO, and I don't think anybody actually, like, thinks about it. Well, perhaps not, but I don't know that. And, like, like the main thing people keep, see, keep complaining about is it's it's showing up as a lot of class mottos and invalidictorian speeches and stuff, because it's grad I season. didn't even know about that. That's kind of funny. I guess, but, like, I also think it's not a bad thing. Like, it's like, yeah, it is a good sentiment. Guess how many times you live? One time. So that's fine. Um... You know, if you, if you actually can apply that understanding to how you carry yourself every day, that could be a good thing. But, yeah, just the amount of just blind outrage and, like, snobbery that's happening towards it is just weird. And I don't, I just, I don't know. I just want to briefly kind of say, like, I guess I'm kind of behind the notion of it, but I don't, like, I can agree that this phrase itself sounds kind of silly. I also did listen to the song it comes from. What song is that? I haven't. Like, or at least where it's popularized. Like, it is Drake, which I I do like Drake quite a bit, but I forgot about this song. It was a bonus track on his latest album, um, Take Care. It, it, it the song is called The Motto. And I haven't not, heard it. I it's not. It's not a very good Drake. song. It's not a very good song. Like I was, I was like, just trying to remind myself, like, where where is this? Oh, I actually have this song. What is this? And I was like, oh right, that's the song. Whenever I listen to Take Care, and it gets to that song, I'm like, oh right, album's over because we're on to garbage bonus tracks, and then I turn right. it off. It's not a good song, but whatever. That that's just, I don't know. I just felt like the need to put my thoughts on a recording, saying like, lighten up, yo. It's not a big deal. Just don't, just don't worry about it. It's, you know, YOLO. There's stupider things out there. There's way stupider things out there. Like Geek Pride Day. Like Geek Pride Day. How dumb is that? I'm just joking. I actually thought that was kind of cool. Um, it's kind of dumb. I guess, but... Okay, why is it dumb? Is it dumb because you should be proud, proud every day? Stop beating yourself up, yo. I mean, Because that's I where I kind of felt like, about it. I, I'm not really sure where to begin. First of all, like... We that was this past I week. asked you about the origins, kind of. Yeah. And, like... We, Star Wars release date! Yeah, that's stupid. Episode like, 4! Changed because, everything! Because it's Star Wars. Like, great. Okay, whatever. I don't know. I Yo, Star don't... Wars is sick. 
game. I don't like the fanaticism behind Star Wars that people have, where they can, like, just all of a sudden declare days based on Star Wars, like, may the fourth be with you and stuff. Like, it's just stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't like it. It's just oh, dumb yeah, to me, so whatever. Um, Geek Pride Day. Yeah. It's, it's fine to be proud of stuff you're into. That's totally fine. Yeah. I don't think you need a day to be proud of that. You need a day to remember people that have died in wars to fight for stuff they didn't believe in. Okay. You need a day to remember maybe man, I have, like atrocities that have happened or to like think about like your own life. You don't need a day to say, "Hey, I have a Star Wars shirt." I, I guess, but I like I like an upbeat upbeat day versus like a everyone get depressed day. See, you know? I don't because I don't I don't value everyone get depressed days. I, I fuck Remembrance Day, dude. Shit's dumb. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, probably. It's a little like that's probably a little harsh. But I'm gonna, the shit like probably dumb to me for a different reason for you because I just think it's stupid that people are going to wars and we even need a Remembrance Day. It, yeah, it's stupid that people are going to wars. That's fine. So I'd almost look at it now as like a protest war day. Like stop, stop letting this continue to happen. Like Canada being an official nation, like Canada Day and stuff like that. The birth of Canada. That's a day. Mm-hmm. I that's guess. like birthdays and stuff day. like that days to celebrate that's okay I just mm-hmm. I think if okay you I need to I feel I really need to clarify what I just said I'm starting to feel self-conscious about it Why? I literally just saw a thing about Remembrance Day that was like it's not National Barbecue Day and it's like a picture of a woman just crying her eyes out on like a gravestone or something it's just like mm-hmm. this is like can't get over the past day according to this picture like that's that's not healthy either so don't don't do that like it's like if you're having at all a good time on remembrance day you're doing it wrong it's like shut up get out of here like that's not that's not relevant to anyone's day-to-day unless you're actually in it and if you're actually in it get out of it don't what are you doing you know what i'm saying i think stuff like geek pride day trivial trivializes a lot of stuff though like it just yeah, makes yeah. it brings to attention stuff that's not important, and I don't know. I know people do it. I know people like it. I don't personally like it. I think it's just completely stupid. I don't think anyone really invests a lot of time into it either. It just seemed like a passing well, like, de- like acknowledgement no one in on real life does. But if you go on Twitter, it's like the 420 thing. I don't like that either. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. You're not gonna counter my stance on remember say it all or. I don't know. I feel like I deserve with, some with what? chastising. <laughs> I just for I don't what? know for not liking Remembrance Day for having such a, a negative opinion of it. Because I think part of it is just like with my family background too. Like it's just not. It just doesn't make sense. Like we're we're German, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, this isn't really. Do, do we get to participate in this? Because we kind of screwed up that one. Like, what are we? What are we supposed to do? Like, I don't know. It's just you're. It's like, do I have to wear a poppy for your people? I don't know. Like, I just don't do it anymore. I just don't do it. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I don't wear the poppy. Uh, It's not because... I don't do the, like, ten minute or one minute or whatever of silence. Mm -hmm. Or eleven minute, I guess. Because it's eleven minutes on the eleventh month of the eleventh day or something. I think it's just one minute, day of the eleventh month. Like... One minute, whatever. Like, it's good to meditate on the conflicts of the past and learn from those things but yeah i like i guess whenever you are designating a time for that to happen and then move on like that's kind of silly is that what Mm -hmm. we're kind of saying like just have that in the back of your head at all times like don't 
don't just like get it all out and then just leave well and like to talk about your remembrance day thing personally mm -hmm. if there was no wars we wouldn't need remembrance day so i don't really fucking care like i remember the people that are close to me every day yeah and that's all that matters to me people that died overseas don't mm -hmm. like almost a century ago in some cases like it's like yeah i guess that was a big deal but like the stuff they did was great and i appreciate it but they're not in the back of my mind every day. Only the people I care about are. Yeah, and if they so are, like, that's a weird. So, yeah. Remembrance Day to me feels like, kind of like, an indoctrination where you have to think a certain way, and I've never liked that. Or like, yeah, toe the countries, like just follow their kind of opinion on it. It's just like, no, I don't, I don't, we don't line up on that. Like, we should, we should lower our military spending. Like all these, I don't know, whatever. Because as far as I'm concerned, we shouldn't even have flags or countries. Yeah, right. Like Libertarian. With, with the internet as it is now, like it's the country is the world. Like everyone can talk to everyone. So I, I don't do, know why there's still these old arbitrary ideas. More and more, yeah, I'm starting to see that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it just seems like a strange relic of the past that we're kind of told to like we're try like people try to shame you into getting into it. It's just like no, I just don't care. That's not how we do things anymore. Sorry. Uh, Back a little bit to the YOLO thing. <laughs> yeah. You know how you live, you only live once, you should take, like, advantage of everything? Mm hmm. Eating chunks of hoy. That's a good YOLO situation. Yeah, I YOLO'd pretty hard yesterday. Um, I just, yeah, I just was, I was at Safeway buying some groceries, and I was just like, I want some snacks. I thought about chips, but then I decided I'm going to go cookies, and then I ended up eating all of them. Which you're not supposed to do. They're I, really I, good, though. They're they're so good. They they were so good. And I was just sitting so there chocolate. watching movies, watching Cable Guy, just down in a whole bunch of them. And yeah, at the end, like I had three left, and then I looked at the caloric content, and dude, like that bag had like thirty two hundred calories in it. Maybe it was it was bad. That's yeah. more than a day's allotment. Like that's you're not supposed to do that. But oh well, sorry, body took took one for you know, lazy Saturdays. Had to happen. It'll get you back for it when you're older. I know, but it was worth it in the meantime. Um, and I guess la last thing, which is good news for me, um, I know you don't, you're not down with the whole scene. It's cool. Um, not down with it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably but, not down with it. I respect But you're not it, against guess, it. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. I appreciate mm -hmm. your indifferent stance towards it. It's better than hostility. Um, which I've only glimpsed a little bit, so it might be overstated. But yeah, they're they're John Delancey's been kind of working to finance this uh, documentary directed by Michael Brockhoff, who is a fan of My Little Pony: Friendship Is Magic, about BronyCon, but also just about the whole fandom right now. Um, they hit their goal of sixty thousand really quickly. But they recently just announced that they're bringing on Tara Strong and Lauren Faust as kind of additional production people on the on the movie, and they're broadening the scope of it to kind of look into people's stories a little more thoroughly. So the the benchmark has also been raised. So they need two hundred thousand dollars now to do all that. I don't know if they're gonna hit it. They're at eighty seven right now. Um, When's the cutoff? It's still like fifteen twenty days or something. So this, they're trying to kind of reinvigorate the push for it, so they've added some new kind of reward things to the tier, like artwork by Lauren and, like, 
the dinner thing with John Delancey now includes all of them and stuff like that, and you you still can get producer credit and whatever. So, um, like, people that are into this with money, they're getting quite a bit. Yeah, if you have money, like, there, there's some good stuff to look into uh, if you're a fan of the show. I don't have a lot of money, but I guess I can still maybe go for, like, a signed Blu-ray or something. That's feasible. But, yeah, I gave, like, twelve seventy-five because that's a movie ticket. That was that was my mm-hmm. rationale. I was like, for a movie, I'll pay a movie. But you know, I, I'm not sure if you can just increase it and then hit a new tier. I'm I'm not sure how they do that kind of thing. But whatever. Um. So yeah, that's you know, Kickstarter. Kickstarter's been getting a lot of talk lately. A lot of weird failed stuff going on there. But this one's actually of interest to me. So I'm gonna shine a little spotlight on it. Um. And yeah. I guess that's all I really had for things. Um, do we want the normal contact information? Uh, if you like Remembrance yep. Day and you want to chastise me, um, what email address should they send that to? It's themoviemonks at gmail.com. Right. Um, you can reach me now, I guess, at Paul B. Fleck on Twitter. It's no longer the real P. Fleck. Okay. I have a new Twitter account specifically for actual stuff. So that's is it set to me. private though? Because I could not retweet. Some uh, no, stuff. my old one is. It's kind oh, okay. of on lockdown. Oh, okay, that I'm explains. I'm transitioning to the new one for a more professional capacity. Okay, um, I'm on there as Krasnor. Um, you'll know it's me pretty quickly. Also, you'll, you'll know. you can follow the Media Monks and Pixel underscore Response for our stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess and visit pixel-response.com because we're both doing stuff for that now. Okay. Um, and Our we're... double D feature, I guess. <laughs> right, I, which you, you threw that shorthand at me. It's like, I don't know what that is because we just started doing it, so it's not yet a trend in my mind. So I had no yeah, idea Yeah, that what was you were pretty funny because you're like, yeah. I don't think so or whatever. It's like, it was pretty good, but I'm going to let it rest for a while. I'm just like, I don't think he understood what I meant. I did not at all. I thought you meant, we're, we're going to Men in Black again. We're, but whatever. We're going to probably write one up about Men in Black um, in this somewhat near future. Though I got to go Digital play dissertation? Games. Something like that. Or is it digressions? I can't remember. Digressions, dissertation, one of the two. Digression, I think. Okay. And if you've already been listening to us on Stitcher, then this doesn't really matter, but we're on Stitcher too, so if you're like, man, these guys are okay, but all that hard drive space, I don't know if it's worth it. You don't need to do that anymore. You can just stream us. Or if it's Friday and you forgot to, like, sync your iPod or whatever. Right, exactly. Your iPhone, because, I mean, people don't really use iPods as much anymore now, because they have phones. That's true. So... You can totally just, like, at work, listen to us. It's probably, like, a fraction of a fraction of your bandwidth for your data. So, there you go. So, there you go. And, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. In closing, I know we might seem imposing, but trust me, if we ever show in your section, believe me, it's for your own protection. Cause we see things that you need not see, and we be places that you need not be. So go with your life, forget the Roswell crap, show love to the black suit. Cause that's the men in, that's the men in.